census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Welcome, everyone, to episode 294 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And we are here in the Pat Cave of Magenta Manor, bringing you uh, all the awesomeness that uh, is our show. Uh, and we are brought to you by the Dorkening Podcast Network, which you can find at the dorkeningpodcastnetwork.com. Very uh, well thought out uh, website name. And uh, we are also brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Try the uh, toasted s'mores. That one's my favorite. Uh, but I am obviously not here by myself because I'm not using the Royal Wee because I'm not from Britain. Uh, I'm here with my <laughs> <laughs> here with my co-host what? on the show, my co-host in life. She is <gasps> the Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Mistress of Merlot, the Queen Regent of Rosé, the Viceroy of... Vignoles, the Duchess of Derlow. I don't know if <laughs> that's, that's a thing. No. Oh, I don't know if that's a thing. No. no. Uh, she is the also the uh, Michael Phelps of wine, the Queen of the Monsters, and an honorary Lizzie. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ashes Von Nightmare. And she is sick of your shit already. <laughs> wow, it's not even. It hasn't even been thirteen years. <laughs> getting there yeah it's been a long time mm-hmm. long time so if you uh caught our episode last week you know that this week we're going to be discussing uh some of the folks and the uh the the storyline of the bob's burgers movie which came out uh just shy of a month ago uh came out on the 27th of may and we got a chance to see it on the 28th we saw with uh our friends uh, Bellamy and Anna Maria, uh, Brody Bellamy. So I, I was half right. Uh, that was at the Somerville Theater, which is not our normal theater, but we went to the Somerville Theater because it was getting a special introduction by Eugene Merman, and there was an after party, which we thought Eugene Merman would be attending, and he did. For about 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's like, look at all these chumps. I'm not hanging around these people. And he left. I don't know if that's exactly what he said, but I don't blame him. You know, it was late by the time the movie got out. And, like, you know, he's got to get home. He got Boston traffic. I don't blame him. Like, I wouldn't want to hang out there either. I mean, we did for a little while because we never get to see these folks. But, uh,. We didn't know, and if you haven't seen it yet, this isn't a spoiler, uh, we didn't know that there is a post credit scene. We also missed quite a bit of it because there was a significantly large crowd. Like, this theater, like, it's a legit theater, like, the stage. Uh, a theater, a if theater, you will. A theatre. Uh, 
because the stage uh it's not just like a like a movie screen like there's a stage there like they can put on plays and they do concerts and like stand up comedy and 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 whatnot it's a performance theater yes so it's not just the movie it's it's all that like we didn't get a chance to get any concession like food because the line was down the stairs and like forever like there was like 200 people in line i'm like well i'm not waiting for this so we just got drinks um but that's when we decided okay we need to see this a second time so we see the uh post credit scene and we had to catch all the stuff that we missed plus you know what's you know nothing wrong with uh having an excuse to go see bob's burgers a second time do you remember what movie we paired that with? Uh, yes, I do. The um, <laughs> the new Cronenberg uh, film. Yes, Crimes of the Future. Yes, that's what, that was our double yes, well, feature. But, but here's the thing. So I Crimes of the Future was oh, I cannot say enough fantastic things about this film and hopefully we'll actually talk about a couple of these characters uh in in future episodes but um i wasn't really sure what to expect i mean because it's a cronenberg film you could you could get a uh, he's a mixed bag sometimes you can really get you know walk away with anything and knowing that it was a, a body horror film i was like you know let, let's uh let, let's pair it with bob's burgers you know as a it's kind of like a palate cleanser after just because, you know, didn't exactly know what we were going to get with that first film. And I mean, I was not expecting what we got with that first film. And it was just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. However, uh, the subject matter is really serious. There are a couple of times where you you find yourself chuckling a little bit. Very uncomfortable furniture. But, well, but, but that's the thing. Like you find yourself giggling because you're almost really uncomfortable by what's happening and there are these these scenes you know that are just they're just so they're just so bizarre that you just can't help but kind of like giggle at the bizarreness because it's just it's just not anything that you've ever really seen before uh and the subject matter like i said was was really serious and and whatnot so so it's always nice to have something a little bit more lighthearted. After the fact, you know, especially, you know, before you go home and go to bed and stuff. So it was like, it was a pretty good pairing, I must say. But, uh, you know, we decided that, you know, we needed we've talked about several of the characters on this show in the past. And we're like, you know what? <clears throat> we really need to talk about this because there's an interesting uh, continuity that takes place because of how this movie was made, which we'll get into when we get into our main discussion but, you know, thinking about that, uh, we decided for our getting into character question this week, we were going to do, uh, you know, talk about some of our favorite uh, movies based on TV shows. Uh, and this is especially appropriate considering uh, what I just watched. But there's quite a few, like, if you, if you don't really, uh, if you're just like, you know, trying to remember it's like oh what what tv show made a movie like you might think of a couple but then it's like holy shit like there are so many and i'm not going to count any of the saturday night live spin-offs like when they'd have their popular sketches or popular characters you know like night at the roxbury so good superstar wayne's world Coneheads. uh i'm not really going to count any of those 
uh, Corky Romano, I think, was... I don't remember if that was a Chris Kattan thing, but didn't they make, like, a Mango movie? No, they didn't make a Mango I movie. They, I, I don't know, but Chris Kattan played a lot of those, like, weird characters. Like, he was in Night at the Roxbury. Yes. Um, you know, and obviously the Corky Romano film, but, like, didn't they, they did a Ladies' Man movie. They did a Stuart Smalley movie with Al Franken, Stuart Saves His Family, you know, so there's a lot of those like weird spin-offs. Um but because that was just like like a quick recurring sketch, I don't think those really count, so I'm not gonna count those. But the first one that came to mind for me, uh maybe because of my recency bias, was the X Files. Now, this movie came out in nineteen ninety eight when I was seventeen, but and I'd never seen it before two nights ago. And because I had never seen it, I decided, well, before I watch it, I'm going to rewatch the entire series, thinking that I had seen a lot more of it than I actually had. And one of our first episodes we ever did, one of our first handful of episodes, we we covered Dana Scully. But I didn't realize how much of it I hadn't seen. Like, there was some stuff that I remembered, even though I hadn't seen it since, you know, the mid-90s when the episodes originally aired. So the movie takes place right in between season the end of season five and the beginning of season six now if you haven't seen this and you're interested or you just want to give it a rewatch it is on hulu and the movies are on hbo max um but i'm glad i watched the movie because it was uh it was very true to the story and when you watch season six like you start watching the first episode you know, they do like previously on the X-Files and they show a bunch of stuff from the movie. So if you hadn't seen the movie, you wouldn't know what the hell was going on. So I thought that was kind of cool. There is another movie that came out years later in 2008. So the movies were like 10 years apart. But uh, it's very interesting because there's a lot of stuff that gets touched on, like a lot of things that happened in previous uh, seasons, mainly because Chris Carter, the creator wanted to end it season five episode 20 hence the name of the episode the end and then just continue the story in films you know kind of like what the walking dead said they were going to do with like a bunch of rick centric films and like that was like what six seven years ago and none of those films have come out yet so i'm wondering when the hell we're going to see any of those uh because rick flew off in that helicopter and no one ever saw him again so I'm kind of waiting for that, but they've put out like three spin-off shows since then. But that's the first one that comes to mind. Ashes, what about you? Sex in the City. The Sex in the City movies, both of them. Uh, I love both of them. I know some people don't, and the second one is definitely uh, not as good as the first, but I think they're really fun. I have a really good time with them. Uh, so unlike the X-Files films that were made to kind of seamlessly fit into the actual television series, the Sex and the City movies were made after the fact, so after the series has ended. And I mean, I well, I, I guess, like... Because now we have, and just like that, which we had season one last year, we're getting a second season of that. The, I don't know, if, I guess reboot, but it's not really a reboot. It's like a, it's a continuation sequel, of the like story. a sequel series. 
to it but but anyways i just think those films are so fun i love that sitting there and watching all six seasons and then watching both movies it's just it's so good it's so good i mean granted you know some of the episodes have not held up as well as we had hoped but you know regardless of that the subject matter is still pretty spot on and it's it i love it i love it um next for me um is going to be one that <clears throat> it's it was hard I, I never expected continuity from this one because the show itself doesn't have any continuity every episode is essentially um it's essentially self-contained like it's whatever issue tends to be resolved by the end of the 22 minute runtime and that's 2007's the simpsons movie um you know obviously being a huge simpsons fan and if you know me in real life there's nary a day that goes by where i don't watch or quote the simpsons or bring up some sort of simpsons reference in some way but uh i didn't expect a simpsons movie to have any type of continuity whatsoever um it was funny hearing marge swear i'll give you that um <clears throat> i saw this three times in the theater the first time I was supposed to go, uh, I was taking a group of uh, my students to go see, I think it was Pirates of the Caribbean, but it was sold out. So we ended up seeing the Simpsons movie because it was a similar time and a similar, uh, you know, it was also PG, uh, PG, but it was, you know, at a similar uh, show time, similar, uh, shorter running time. So we were back earlier, but that's what we ended up going to see and then i went again to see it because i had planned to see it that saturday so i saw it twice in a row and i think one or two other two of the students got to see it twice in a row uh but on the way back to the school we decided that we were going to make up a bunch of stuff about pirates of the caribbean and like you know do a bunch of fake spoilers because we didn't get to see it and one of the things i said actually came true i said they took the monkey and fired him out of a cannon and they actually ended up doing that, which I didn't know actually happened. Uh, Ash, did you get another one? No, I really don't. Really? Not even on your shirt? I mean, the Care Bear movie was great, but it's nothing to write home about. Right, but is it something that you watched, you know, you watched as a kid, and well, then... Yeah, but like... It wasn't something that you were looking forward to? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. I can't even remember what I did. I had to, I'm I'm getting off of a two day migraine. I can't even remember what I did this morning. So you went to work. I, I, no shit. I do know that. You got to wake up next to me. You're welcome. Yeah. No shit. I did that too. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Um, but I can <clears throat> tell you a couple of shows that I wish would have or hope to have. Hmm, okay. Uh, Shit's Creek is one of them. Oh, that would be a good one for you. I think, you know, because the series has completely ended, it's over. And it had a uh, it had a fantastic ending. But they ended it in such a way that if they wanted to do a film or if they wanted to do uh, kind of like a continuation miniseries, where are these characters now? They, they, they could. Hmm. And it would seamlessly fit into the entire series. Um, 
I would love to see something like that. You know, I think give it maybe a couple more years. I know uh, Dan Levy is not opposed to any of that. He's flat out said that uh, if he comes up with the idea, if the story is right, um, he's absolutely going to do something. We, we have not seen the last of these characters, but he's just waiting for the right time to do so. And I think that, you know, because people are still discovering Schitt's Creek, because people are still um, rewatching the hell out of the series, myself included, that it's still fresh. People are still talking about it uh, to the point where the, the, the series, are, it's still living, even though it's ended. Um, so, you know, maybe wait a couple more years until, you know, we miss these characters just a little bit more and then bring it back. But everyone has already said that they would sign on to do uh, any type of project related to, you know, a Schitt's Creek film or revival or something. So and I think another one, um, Game of Thrones has so much lore and so much story behind it that they could have taken some of these stories they could have instead of doing a prequel series instead of um you the john snow spin-off instead of doing all of this shit that they're doing you know instead of of you know I don't, I don't even know i don't even know I, you know it's still still scorned by that final season but but they could have given us and they could still give us uh movies of some of these side stories give me robert's rebellion exactly give me that shit that's the, exactly like that's, that's a movie that's i want to see it, yeah that would be the perfect prequel film you don't need to do an entire series based on that well, that but was one of the, the two and a half hour ideas. film. Oh no, it would it would be you're you're looking Lord of the Rings type trilogy. You think so? Well, you got to start off with you know them being young and like how they became friends and how they grew up. I together. mean, true, true, and we do see a little bit of that backstory and so in many the series, characters. but they gloss all over so much and why they were so upset about John Aaron's death. You know, um, they could also do a story about, um, oh God, they were alluding to Jon Snow being this person, but then he wasn't. Azora High. Yes, they could do a the whole... Long Night. Yes. Yeah, like that would be amazing. Like that would be. They could rad. do so much stuff with all of this lore that is around the Game of Thrones, but instead we're getting House of the Dragon, which I mean, to be completely honest, yeah, sure, I'm gonna fucking watch of it because it has, watch you know, it. it has Game of Thrones, you know, slapped it's, on it. Of course, I'm gonna the, watch it. It's the 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 Targaryen conquest of the Seven Kingdoms. Like we're gonna see all these things, like back before they were what they are like we're gonna see the the like you know arthur dane and sir duncan the tall and like all these at least unless i'm screwing things up but like we're gonna see you know Balerion, the black dread and Maraxes, and you know all these like amazing dragons like instead of waiting and waiting and waiting like it's all about dragons so that's kind of what Where the fans... Where are my dragons? Uh, they're, they're right over there. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah so I, I think that would be a series that you could really elaborate on even more uh, via either miniseries or, you know, a series of films. The issue 
is that most of the most of the folks who were a part of that aren't overly keen on reprising those roles. A couple that are obviously Kit Harrington coming back as Jon Snow for the sequel series that they're working on. Maisie Williams is another one uh, who just actually filmed a bunch of stuff as Arya, but it was for like some Warner Brothers game that's coming out. It's like some fighting game. But that would be that would actually be a great uh, either f- spin-off film or spin-off What's miniseries. West of Westeros? You know, the adventures of Arya. Where is she going? What is she doing? Yeah, you know, she, 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 is a, she is a character I would actually like to follow. Jon Snow, I'm kind of over him. Especially, yeah, it, it doesn't like, yeah, whatever. You know, like I just it it doesn't it doesn't really uh, give interest me, a, me. Give me a prequel series with Robert's Rebellion. I don't care about the end and finish the goddamn books. Like, stop giving us prequels and spinoffs. Finish the books, George. But does he have anything to do with these yes, other series? Yes, it's all it, it's all his world. It's all his lore. Like he has a couple of people that help, you know, you know, flesh things out, but it's all his stories. Like he has to sign off on all of it. He has to, you know, all of this is his. So like yeah, like finish book 6 and Seven. I'm hoping that he's like they're both going to be released. Like he finishes them together, so that that they get released one year or the next year. So, I mean, we'll see. But uh, do you have any others that you would want to? It's all I can think of right now. I mean, we got uh, you know, just as an honorable mention, we did get four Futurama movies after it was canceled um, the first time, which they then broke up into season six. They broke it up into uh, like 16 episodes, 12 or 16 episodes, but we got the four movies. Um, one of the earliest ones that I can remember uh, that actually did stick with the continuity, and part of that, well, the main reason for that is merchandising, and it was one of the most devastating, and you know, there are a few people that I know that are listening to this that I know they're going to remember 1986 and where they were the first time that they saw Optimus Prime die in the uh, Transformers movie, where they went in and they just slaughtered half of the roster so that they could come up with new toys. So they made a movie to kill off all of these all these characters just so they could introduce new characters and make more toys. However, they underestimated how devastating it would be for people, especially kids who've been watching the show for a few years, how devastating it would be for a uh, a, a kid to watch the death of one of their heroes. Um, it was, I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, there's no way he's dead. And then I remember they brought him back in an episode only for him to die at the end of the episode <laughs> That they brought him back. So it's like they brought him back for a little while only to kill him again. Um, Now, there are certain times. There's one I can think of, as I was saying that, uh, 1989, uh, 87, uh, Masters of the Universe, where they pretty much ignored all of the source material, changed the entire story, uh, basically just kept the names of the characters and tried to make it like Star Wars. Uh, So that was a bad idea. 
But yeah, I can't think of any other shows. I mean, there's a lot, you know, like the the Flintstones and Jetsons had their movie. I can't believe I forgot this one. We were actually just talking about this earlier today. The Adams Family. Yeah. But I mean that what I mean the Adams Family came what in the 60s? It's still it, it's still relevant though. It's still a film based off of a television show. No, I know, but <sighs> I didn't think about it, and I don't think you thought about that either, because we're thinking of these shows are still going, and they made a movie at the height of their popularity. It's not like this movie came out in the 60s. It came out in the early... It came out 30 years after the show went off the air. It still counts. No, no, it does. It does. It just doesn't necessarily fit into, you know, what we're talking about, per se. You know, it's kind of like the Munsters movie that's coming out, where who knows if the plot or, like... Maybe the aesthetic is going to be the same, but obviously you can't get any of the original actors, like not even like what they've been doing with like, you know, Ghostbusters and Terminator and all these other things where they bring back the original cast or, you know, even the the 2016 Ghostbusters movie where they have a lot of the original cast just making cameos. Like there's, you know, unfortunately not the ability to do that. And I believe it was the same with, uh, with the Adams family, like... I don't think everyone had, had died, but I don't think that they even thought about bringing them back. Um, and they definitely modernized them just a little bit, you know, kind of changed some things around. But, um, but yeah, that's a good one. Like, I didn't even think about the Adams Family, probably for that reason. I was th- trying to think of, like... Yeah, so, yeah, it doesn't necessarily fit into uh, kind of like the... Um, well, the absolutely fabulous movie that came out. Or the uh, Incredible Hulk movies that came out with Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno. They did, like, four of them after the show ended. Yeah. So kind of like what X-Files was thinking about doing. Uh, it was, like... I forget what the first one was, but it had Thor in it. Uh, and then there was The Trial of the Incredible Hulk with Daredevil... But it wasn't really dare and John Reese Davies was the kingpin in that. Then there was the death of the Incredible Hulk where he died falling out of an airplane. It's like we saw him shoot across space in in Infinity War. Falling out of an airplane is not gonna kill him. But uh that had fake black widow in it too. Well, yeah, but like that was the eighties. Yeah. Late eighties. Different time. Yeah. But, like, they couldn't get, like, the actual characters. But Stan Lee was still in them. Stan Lee still had cameos. Oh, it was awesome. Um, but, yeah, that was... Uh, that's all I can think of. Do you got any other, anything else? Or? No, not that I can think of right now. Yeah, so let's... Uh, I'm sure if folks think of any, they can let us know. Um, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about... Uh, the Bob's Burgers movie and how their continuity fits in. So we'll be right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. 
Hey, what's going on? I'm Steven. And I'm Ron. And we're the hosts of the Super Retro Throwback Reviews Audio Podcast. If you like to hear the latest pop culture news with some smart-ass commentary as well as the latest movie reviews, then check us out. Also, we're a multi-award-nominated podcast, so we're doing something right. God knows how that happened. So check us out on all major podcasts and distributors, and check out Super Retro Throwback Reviews on all social media platforms. Lynn. Why? It's summer and sex sells, baby. Big things are coming for summer, Tina. Take off those bulky jeans to be more aerodynamic. Oh, you're doing it already. Great. Big things like that heat rash you get sometimes. Bigger. Stay low, follow my lead. Come, come see. <gasps> The gasp is great, thank you. Like this? <gasps> I think we got it. That last one was good. Stop. Okay, not what I was expecting. I'm the marketing department. I took Jean's burger suit, let out the crotch a little bit, and bam. A burger with a bikini on it? Ah, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I get it, no questions from this guy. And we are back. That, of course, was the uh, trailer for this year's Bob's Burgers, the movie. And I know we saw this uh, announcement last year, and we were both very excited because this was a show that we weren't super into the first couple of times we tried watching it. Yeah, it's kind of funny that, you know, this 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 show that took us some time like it took some effort for us we started watching it we're like yeah whatever i'm not really feeling this uh put it away for a little bit overheard people talking about how great it is it was like well maybe you know we should give it another try and we did and we loved it sometimes it all depends on the the, the headspace that you're in when you watch something um i don't know if we were fully grasping it at first or not but but anyways uh we loved it we loved it so much that we went to the theater to see the movie two times because it was just so good uh this has become one of my favorite shows like definitely top five of all time i can I, I i watch it and quote it as relentlessly as patsy does simpson stuff that's true um you know there's a there are a lot of scenes there are a lot of quotes and there are a lot of songs that just live in my head rent free well we were we were uh listening to the newest uh motionless and white album uh driving home from the lab yesterday and you just give me this doofy look when the song Porcelain comes on and I'm like, what? And you just look at me and I'm like, what? And she's like, my porcelain horse, porcelain. So then like we were singing the song and we were singing porcelain instead of porcelain. So there's that. Um, but yeah, it took us a little while to get back into it. It was the same thing with Rick and Morty. Like we watched it a couple of times like this is fucking stupid. Uh, but then we gave it a chance and you know, we like that one too. 
Like we don't like go crazy for it as as much as we do Bob's Burgers. Where Bob's one of those things where we've probably watched through the series six or seven times, and we've, you know, will, you know, it's like background noise, like oh we're eating and like we don't feel like concentrating on anything. It's like let's just throw some. Bob I on. have seen these episodes so many times. I've watched. Uh, through from episode one up to you know current episodes so many times um my favorite episodes include uh art crawl from the first season um the fluies episode i forget which season that was um eat pray linda linda's mm-hmm. birthday episode i love that one uh, that actually has one of my favorite songs little little bits in it yeah yeah there's, there's... she does her She's her BM in the PM. Yes. Hey, Tina. How you doing, girl? Like, that's a good one. I mean, the beef squatch episode we've seen like 40 times. I mean, that times. is great. I think Work one hard of my, or I die trying, say, girl. My favorite, though, I think definitely like one of my, the, the top three is a work hard or die trying, girl. Topsy. Oh, Topsy. Um, and uh, one of the things I like about Hulu is the fact that they have the... Uh, the best musical ones like if you don't want to you know sift through every single episode you they, they have, have the they have categories belted out with the belchers so like the best musical ones so topsy's in there um uh work hard to die trying girl um which is probably the best episode i mean it just is he's grooving he's hans gruber and he's grooving and sometimes that can mean shooting Mr. Takagi in the head. Yeah, like it's Carly you, Simon. Rent free. Rent free. You look like Carly Simon. Uh, she's getting drive through for everyone. Um, but yeah, that that's. Uh, and the thing that I like about it, you know, we were talking about continuity in the opening uh, segment. Um, the Simpsons doesn't have a ton of continuity. A lot of times the landscape will change based on like whatever joke needs to be made like the stonecutters episode homer the great where homer drives and drives and drives and drives and drives finally gets to work and he gets to this parking space that's forever away from the building he's like oh finally you know i'm here at work and he gets out of his car and he's parked up against the fence which is in his backyard you know like the power plant is not in the backyard you know, like that's, you know, the, but the joke being that he drove forever and he could have just walked to the, you know, into the back. But, you know, that's not where the power plant is. It's across town. Like, but that's the joke. So the geography changes. You know, there is no continuity. You know, like, you know, ev- they even made that the, the, the Sweet Seymour Skinner's badass song where... uh the real Skinner comes in, um, Martin Sheen, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, at the end of the episode, like, you know, basically, we're going to pretend none of this ever happened. Like, everything gets resolved at the end of the episode, so there's really no reason to carry over any continuity, except with uh, deaths that aren't Hans Moleman. Uh, Hans Moleman's died like 30 times. But when Edna Krabappel died, when Maud Flanders died they stay dead and haven't been replaced. So the thing that I like about Bob's Burgers is, uh, what's the episode uh, where he gets his ta- his tattoo? Oh, the uh, um, 
Oh my God! You just why did you I'm have to ask to me that right now? The equestrionaut. I'm just trying to remember the name of the episode, but anyways, the a bond of friendship greater than any force in the universe. Uh, another good song. Um, Bob starts to get a tattoo. A tattoo. A tattoo. Tattoo him. Um, and if you see that in subsequent seasons, anytime Bob has his shirt off. You and see you the see little his back, dot. You see the little like nose with the mustache on it, like you see what they started writing. So like it stays in continuity. And one of the best best things about the movie is the movie was being made over the past several years concurrently with seasons eleven and twelve. So as you watch seasons eleven and twelve, because one of the big things, and this isn't a spoiler, it's right from the trailer. A giant sinkhole opens up right in front of the restaurant. As you watch season 11 and 12, the sidewalk in front of the restaurant slowly deteriorates. And you'll see mm-hmm. people uh, trip like we see it like pronounced at the beginning of the movie where Teddy trips. It was like, oh, somebody's tripping on this thing. You know, oh, I just saw him, you know. Um, when you watch the series, like you'll see like the, the sidewalk slowly like. As it's, as season eleven progresses into season twelve, and as season twelve progresses, right into the movie, it gets worse and worse and worse. Like you'll see people trip more often. You'll see like the kids kind of like avoiding it. Like you'll see people like walking over like that one crack that's right in front of the window mm-hmm. where the two pieces of the sidewalk are. Like gets worse and worse, and it's such a subtle detail that you don't notice it until it becomes the sinkhole. Right, and then it dawns on you, like, wow, this is this is the long con here. Yeah. Like, they slowly did that over time, but you really didn't notice it. I don't know until who. like it was it was brilliant. It was brilliant. I was just saying, I don't it. know. I don't know whose idea that was, but give give that person a raise. Cause right, that's like, well, phenomenal. that I mean, that is that is some fantastic writing and some fantastic animating right there because it was just so good. Like when you know that you know so you're, when you're storyboarding out the seasons and like, okay, here's how the story's gonna go. Um, and they're like, what if like since this is what we're doing like for the movie this is how we should set it up in the show. Because I'm sure they had meetings about that. Like, okay, the movie is going to culminate season 12. Um, because that's when the season, the season 12 ended. And then on Sunday and that Friday or Thursday, depending on how early you got to see the movie, that Thursday the movie came out. So that was summer break. Yep. And they always do that. They have like a summer break and then they come back and school starting again. Mm-hmm. So like they kind of also time it for whatever happens to be going on in, you know, their Halloween episodes are right up there with the Simpsons. And again, best fucking song. Um, oh, oh, uh, boys for now. Boys for now. The Halloween song. My teeth are extra sharp. My, My body's, body's extra, extra hairy. hairy. I'm running in the dark. I love you so much. It's scary. Yeah, that's the best song. Um, That's the best song of the entire, and that's saying something. At least, for my opinion, that's the best song. Well, I mean, the Thanksgiving episodes and the Thanksgiving songs are beyond. Still not as good as that. Beyond. Beyond. Sailors in Your Mouth? No. I mean, (laughs) The National covered it. Yeah, that's fine. On their saw, like the the first compilation album they put out. 
Yeah, it's still not. So good. Still not as good as. Don't uh, make me sing it. I'm not going to. You know I will. I sing Bob's Burgers Thanksgiving songs year year round. round. Again, live in my head, rent free. Well, so we have these little things at the lab that we use to weigh out uh, bulk amino acids, and they're called weigh boats. But I don't like that, so I call them gravy boats. A ding, a ding. Yeah, because oh, what's that sound? Because they're cravery, it's the savory. Gravery. Yeah. The gravery. gravery. Yeah, maybe <laughs> you shouldn't boats. be singing the song. <laughs> so the movie takes place uh, the end of school year, and everything that's going on is uh, there's a lot of different subplots, but it's no different from. A TV I was saying, like show. it's no like, different from like an actual episode. A story and the B there's, story, right? And sometimes there's a C story in some of these episodes too. Sometimes you know Bob and Linda are having two different adventures while the kids are having another. You know, like right. it's but they it's, all but they all coincide. right. I was gonna say they all are intertwined in some sort of way, and you know, uh, meet resolution in a similar manner. Like you know, everything makes sense at the end. Everything's of the day. wrapped up at the end of the show. But, you know, certain things do carry over into the into the next episodes. So while there is resolution of whatever the storylines happen to be, there's always something. Like, for this, uh, they're looking to get an extension on their loan, because, you know, money's always tight, uh, because their loan is tied up with the restaurant equipment, and if they don't get the loan payment in they will lose their restaurant equipment, which then means they'll lose the restaurant, which then means they will be homeless. So they're trying to figure out what they need to do, and it turns out they don't get their loan extension, and they have seven days to get... Again, none of this is a spoiler. This is all in the trailer. Um, They have seven days to get... the money, to to raise the money. They're like, all right, if we have a few good days, like, we'll be... It'll be totally fine. It'll be great. And then the sinkhole opens up right in front of the restaurant. You know, meanwhile, Louise is trying to prove that she's brave. Yes, because she was called a baby at school. Because of her B-word. Yes, because she refused to do, what, the death drop or Dead something like that? Drop. Dead man's drop. Dead man's drop, yes. you hang death by your drop. knees on Girl. a... Uh, you sit on a... Uh, uh, it's a monkey bar. Like a monkey bar, but like the, just the one bar that goes across. And you sit there and you let yourself swing and the momentum flips you onto your feet. So you fall backwards, but the way you're falling, like your head stays the center of gravity and you're, you land on your feet. But she didn't want to do it. And they're like, oh, it's because you're afraid of losing, having your ears fall off. And as we've seen in that's, Ears Rider. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's that's something that's true. Like, Louise is a lot of talk and uh, she's really fearless and she's really bold and she's really brash. But at the same time, she has a lot she's of uh, subtle. Well, exactly. She's nine years old and she has a lot of, you know, uh, typical anxieties that a nine year old would have. And she's still really cautious of the world. She and her ears. Well, her ears are ultimately her security blanket. Yeah. And like, that's what like, makes her feel comfortable. She feels like she's not a, a, a whole person without having her ears on. And there's a reason for that. She thinks that she got her ears, and we find this out. I'm not going to ruin it because it, it is coming to 
Hulu soon. Yeah, so it, it's coming to Hulu on July 12th, and I know it's also coming to HBO Max in July. I don't know if it's going uh, the, the same, same day, day or if or it's... There. Yeah, but, but anyway, so if you have not had the opportunity to see it, we're going to try to not be super spoilery, but... But you, you do know, find out the origin It's your of... fault you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. But uh, some people just don't want to go out to theaters. I understandable. I mean, I just got COVID being outside around a bunch of people. Like, we went out to eat, and we were all outside. We were we were uh, away from each other, and half of the group got COVID. So, ha, ah, memories. I understand uh, if somebody doesn't want to go to a movie theater. No, no, that's uh, that's you know that's so we fine. don't that's want to ruin it for, I get for that. Those right, folks. right. But you could also like not listen. And then listen when you do watch it. But at That's the same an time, at the same time, you know, still give some people. It's 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 been a month, but I, I okay. We're not going to be assholes and be super spoilery. Yeah. But again, like this is what we're talking say, about. If you haven't seen it and you don't want spoilers, then shut us off. Watch it when you can, and then come back. You will, you will. Without getting into specifics, you do find out. The origin of Louise's ears. Yes, and it's a very nice story. That's one of the things I love uh, about this show, is that it kind of sucker punches you in the feels when you least expect it. Yeah, because this... And it has some really, just really nice moments. Because there there's this whole, like, what Louise believes and why she does, like, the things that motivate her, and, like, you find that out... And- uh, I was going to say, you find that out throughout the film. Right, right. But, you know, she's believing one thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's kind of the driving force behind, you know, who she is and what she does. Right. And then at the end of the film, she does something that's very uncharacteristic of herself and uh, for the better, for the better. And it's because and she finds out the real story. So I'm curious to see if this character evolution, not that, I, I, you know, character design, I don't think we will ever see her without her ears. Because that's just, that's her character. You know, Tina has a barrette. Gene has his yellow shirt. You know, like, uh, very rarely do they change from their typical ensembles and stuff like that. You know, which is which is typical for, uh, you know, an animated show Yeah, like Homer's, this. Homer's been wearing the same outfit for 30 years. You know, occasionally Linda will wear something different, obviously, if it's the Halloween episodes, they're in costumes or whatnot. But, but I'm curious to see if this character development, this, you know, slight character evolution is going to follow Louise into the next season of Bob's Burgers. I think it will because you know, like we were saying, like there's a they keep the continuity and going because well, I mean the. But this also sheds so much light on who she was leading up to this point. The kids haven't really aged. You know, Tina has had a birthday. They've had four. They've had like six or seven Halloweens and Thanksgivings it, and Christmases. But you know, but but Tina has had a birthday. You know, she had that birthday where you know she was becoming a woman. She turned sixteen. Um, 13. 13. She turned 13. 13. Her sweet 13. And she, all she wanted was for Jimmy Jr. to come to the party, and that's why Bob shaved his mustache. That is a fantastic episode. That is a great episode. Lifting up the skirt of the night. Another great song, yeah. Yes. With uh, uh, oh, Baby Num Num. Baby Num Num. Yep. That was a guy who's not going to be on the show anymore. Uh, although the character of Jimmy Pesto is featured, 
I wouldn't say prominently, but he's a prominent background character at the very beginning of the film. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, he's he's still finding ways of being an instigator, regardless of the situation. Yeah, he's a dick. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, you know, I don't think we're going to see Jimmy Pesto. Oh, I don't think they're going to recast the voice, although they might. They could. But... I mean, they did a lot of that for the movie, like several of the... Uh, some some of the characters, uh, whether it's scheduling conflict or people just didn't want to do it, uh, like, what's his name, didn't do the voice of Mickey. Um, Bill Hader. Bill Hader didn't do the voice of Mickey. But Paul Rudd came back and did the voice of Jericho. So that's a spoiler. Jericho's in this. Oh, we uh, see. And he's as, as majestic as ever. Um, granted, it was like a super quick... And I will say they also uh, took a page out of uh, the Simpsons book and characters of color are no longer voiced by white actors. Yes. So Olsen Brenner. Is now Nicole voiced by Nicole Byer, who I love. Mm-hmm. So well, I mean, granted, I also loved uh, Pamela Adlon, too. I think she does. She is fantastic, but... Yeah, Nicole, was, Nicole Byer really fits into the vibe of, of Bob's Burgers. I just, for the record, that was totally off the top of her head. There's no, we have no notes out. I couldn't remember who, I the, just know a lot who of things. the actors were. Like, I couldn't remember the voice actors for that. And I'm usually pretty good at knowing the voice actors. I really like Bob Burgers. His name is Bob Burgers. <laughs> His name is Bob Burgers. Which is funny. Your name is Max Flesh? Segway. Um, Teddy is a kind of a... Well, he's a prominent secondary character in the series. Oh, yeah. And he's definitely a prominent secondary character in the the film. And his character, I mean, I I have this uh, love-hate relationship with Teddy. I love that he is so down for Bob and Linda. They are his best friends. Uh, He's super supportive. Everyone needs a Teddy in their life, as far as that's concerned. Teddy is so fucking stupid, and that's what I hate about him. But that's also what I love about him. So uh, it makes endearing. Yeah, it makes the see me now. Um, you know, his 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 character is definitely something else. Uh, but he sees Bob and Linda in in peril, you know, trying to figure out how to make this whole restaurant thing work with this giant sinkhole, you know, in front of their restaurant, deterring people away. You know, they're trying to get people to, you know, hey, our restaurant is still open. You know, come around to our scenic back way, you know. Scenic alleyway. Yeah, scenic alleyway, you know. To, it smells uh, like pee, but just a little. <laughs> you smell like ointment and pee. But not inside. Yeah, but not inside. Um he sees them struggling and he does not want them to fail. He is such a cheerleader for Bob Burgers. And so what he does is he creates a a, a makeshift food cart for them to sell their burgers <laughs> on the street. On the wharf. Uh, yes. On, well, eventually, yeah, they, they go to the wharf um, in order to, you know, recoup some of their their money so they can you know make their their loan payment so they don't have to close down uh and he calls it bob burgers because he thinks bob's name is 
Bob Burgers. Because we learned that in the uh, uh, OT, the outside toilet. And he's like, oh, your name's Max Flesh and you're looking for a toilet? Oh, his name's Bob Burgers. What? No, it isn't. Yeah, it is. Who am I thinking of? <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. It's like, and yeah, so he puts that. There's a lot of like those little callbacks. Yes. Uh, if you are a big fan of the show, there's a lot of these little callbacks uh, throughout throughout the uh, the entire series, uh, from the entire series. You know, Officer Bosco, and you know, the one-eyed snakes. The one-eyed snakes is another one, and oh my god, that doing scene, karaoke. That scene is fucking hilarious. Um, you know, like the uh, the various carnies, um, some other characters that we've seen before um, make. I was very disappointed, uh, and I know you were too, that several characters were missing. Well, let's talk about some of the secondary characters that were there. So obviously, you know, Bob and Linda and the kids were involved. I mean, obviously. But there the were a lot of prominent secondary characters that were in this film. You know, you had Mr. Fishoder and his brother Felix Fishoder. Um, Calvin and there... Felix. Yeah, Mr. Fishoder and his Calvin. brother. Technically, Felix is also Mr. Fish Odor. But they don't call him that. They just call him Felix. It's Mr. Mister Fish. But they call each other Calvin fish. and Felix. I'm a little fish. Okay. Calvin is a big fish. Oh Something smells fishy. La, la, la. You're weird. Um, That's from the Wonder Wharf episode. I know. And it's... Speaking of... Uh, speaking of Wonder Wharf episode, uh, <laughs> Fanny is back. And speaking of another song Jordan that lives <laughs> right free in my head, who's that knocking on the door? Oh, it's Mr. Dance Floor. Everybody's looking fancy. Things are about to get dancey. Yes. Yeah, Jordan Peele You're welcome. as... as uh, Fanny, as Fanny. Felix Fischoder's girlfriend, oh. uh, who was out of prison. Apparently... Like oh she's a lot less homicidal now. Well yeah, uh, and she was they were she was putting together an outfit. Yes. Yes, a she fleeing had the country outfit. Yes, a fleeing the country outfit. She had shorts that looked like a sailor hat and a hat that, that looked, looked like, like shorts. shorts. Which they did not show. No, they did which, at the end. Oh, did I? Which, uh, so the end credit scene. Um, I didn't pay attention. Was well, at the end credits? They have some of the characters dancing about and stuff like that, and you see some of the characters. Well, they didn't that show it at the time. I'm going to have to rewatch it now because I I didn't pay attention and I missed it. Yeah, that. you see that. You see the short hat, the shorts hat, and then the shorts that are the sailor hat. Oh my god! It's a it's a look. Oh yeah, it's a look. Uh, but you were most disappointed because another very musical character was not. Gail. Yes, was no not Gale. featured at all. It was no Gail. And I was like, you know, they, they could have put her in for a moment. There could have been a moment, right? Okay, hear me out. A moment where Gail is trying to get a hold of Linda, calling Linda in the midst of all the, you know, the the, 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 the major debacle happening here. In the midst of all the chaos, Linda phone, Linda's phone could be ringing and it could ring and it could ring and it could go to voicemail. And Gail could be like, hey, Linda, it's your sister, Gail. Uh, my, I am having issues with my cat. And then obviously, you know, you they would pan over to Mr. Business just, you know, 
being Mr. Mr. Business Business thing. You know, he doesn't like his color of pretty paws that I put on him the other night. And he's looking a little homicidal. Well, homicidal, you know, I think you need to come over here. And oh, never mind. He just took him off or something like that. You know, obviously, I do not write for Bob's Burgers, so which is probably a good thing. Um, They probably would have written something that's a lot funnier than that. But still, she wasn't there. Gretchen wasn't a part of it either, which I was surprised because I thought for sure, you know, maybe she would... Maybe they would have her, like, at least try to come into the restaurant or something and then see the sinkhole and just be like, ah, Linda, I can't get in. And Linda would be like, go around, Gretchen. And she'd be like, I can't get in. And Linda would be like, Gretchen, you need to go around. She'd be like, Linda, I can't get in. Uh, and then just leave or something like that. And Linda would be like, hold that, Gretchen. Or something. Yeah. Uh, I did like the reference to Ken, uh, even though they didn't show him. Ken the Albino, who does improvised hip-hop. Yep. Uh, Gene's imaginary friend. Um, he's 29. He's uh, an albino. Um, let's see. Who else was, was in there? Uh, Little King Trashmouth? We did. That made me really happy. There's a nice scene with Little King Trashmouth. Um, who else? Uh, Drink responsibly. We didn't get to see uh, Edith and... Um, Shit, what's her husband's name from Reflections? Reflections. Uh, Harold. Harold and Edith. Reflections. Uh, we did get to see the rollerblade guy. I forget his name. I don't Does know he even he, have I don't a know name? if he has a name. Uh, we also get to see a good Coochie and Mushy Coochie And all the toys. And all of the toys, yes. Uh, from I'm going to call them all Hello Kitty. Yeah, from Flooies, the, the, that episode, which is my second favorite episode. And again, has some great songs. Um, who else? Don't, we don't really get to see Mort. No, yeah, Mort really isn't a part of this. Um, I was kind of hoping that when the sinkhole opened up, speaking of continuity, we got to see the shark from the deep end. Yes, that would be that would have been funny. Um, you know, like all mangled and beat up, and they just find its skeleton. But they did find a skeleton. So, um, trying to think, we got to see Mickey. We didn't see Mike the Mail. I'm like, I think we saw Mike the Mailman, but he didn't say or do yeah, anything. Yeah, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't prominently featured. I mean, we got to see some of the kids' friends. You know, Zeke and Jimmy Jr. Uh, you know, Peter Pescadero. T- Tina's trying to have a summer romance. Regular size will be, Rudy. Will you be my summer boyfriend? Jenny Slate. Uh, Tammy. Yeah. And Jocelyn. Um. Daryl. Yes. Daryl was there. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's the, uh, the, I can't believe we didn't mention this already. Uh, it's the reunion of the Itty Bitty Diddy Committee. Uh, opening up for uh, Johnny Jazz Hands, who does something with his hands that I'm not going to spoil. Um, obviously, the fish odors, uh, the guy from the bank across the street, um, and a couple of new characters that were featured prominently on the poster. Uh, one of them is the uh, Carney. Yes. Who doesn't... I don't think he had a name. I don't know if he has a name. But, like, you're led to believe different things about this guy. Um, there's also... Uh, we get to see 
from I get a sidekick out of you, uh, the wharf um, mascot, Dizzy Dog. Yes. We actually, instead of just being in statue form, which we've only ever seen before, we get to see someone dressed up as Dizzy Dog, which we haven't seen before, and they are very dedicated to their uh, to their craft. Yes. Um, we get to see a lot more carnies. We get to see a lot more... Uh, we actually get to see a lot more of the wharf than we've ever seen. More rides. Yeah. Uh, we get to see what's under Wonder Wharf. Yeah, which is um, interesting. We get to see, like, a, it definitely lends itself more to uh, the first episode, or one of the first episodes, where you first get to meet Calvin Fishoder, and Louise asks if he's a supervillain, because he does have a volcano lair. Yes. I mean... If anyone is a is a supervillain, it's him. But like, he's very casual about it. Like he's not a suit. Like he could be if he wanted to. He's got nearly limitless resources. But like, I think he's too indifferent, even to things happening to him. To, I mean, as long as at the end of the day he has money, and he's still alive. I think he's good. Yeah. yeah you know, he doesn't, he doesn't really have uh, any desire for world domination. He doesn't really have any desire to update the war for, you know, to, to make any changes or whatnot. He's really just looking to kind of keep the status quo because that's what been working for him. And uh, he doesn't really want any trouble. You should teach at my school and you should work at my coal mine. Like... <laughs> Like, that that's such a great, like, and he says it so casually. Well, I mean, you know, kudos to Kevin Klein for doing such an amazing job voicing this character. There's something so nonchalant about the voice of this character, yet at the same time, there's so much character to it. Oh, yeah. Like, Calvin Fishoder is a super complex character that and not a lot well, of... Louise is going to marry him someday. Yes, and take all his money. That's a, that's somebody we should cover on the show. We should we should watch a bunch of Calvin Fishoder episodes and really delve into who he is. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot that goes on, and it's definitely a... Uh, there's great... I guess that there were going to be six songs. There's five. Uh, including like the opening, here's the plot of the movie song. It's gonna be the greatest summer ever. Um, the sunny side of life, um, something like that. Like it's the this. sunny side of summer. Sunny side of summer, yes. Yeah. Um, and Linda starts doing the dance. I love the an- so I love the animation style of Bob's Burgers. Period. End of sentence. But I really love the animation style of this film because obviously they had a bigger budget for this. So they were able to do a little bit more. So the colors are brighter. There's a little bit more detail to things, especially, you know, having the opportunity to see it on a big screen. Um, It's so engaging and delightful, even in some of these scenes that aren't necessarily as delightful. One of the things I loved, though, is that each of the five main characters went through something that caused a slight personality shift than what we're used to seeing. 
so you know for for louise like we mentioned it, it involved her ears and her finding out the true origin of her ears and almost like her origin story story so to speak and realizing that what she had been telling herself the story that she believed was a complete lie and that so so therefore the person who she thought she was was kind of a you know the the person who she built herself upon uh was kind of a lie so to speak and you know we see her grow a little bit from there tina who at, at the beginning is looking to uh, try to make Jimmy Jr. her summer boyfriend. And that's that's the main goal right there. Uh, because I forget who, but uh, somebody gave Tammy their retainer on a necklace and asked Tammy to be their summer girlfriend. Yeah, that... So Tina took one of her uh, barrettes and put it on a chain called it a breckless a breckless yes and was going to give that to, to jimmy jr how he ends up and getting asked, it is so fucking improbable well it's it, but however it is still probable uh, well i'm just because saying it, it happens i didn't say impossible that's why i said improbable very um, unlikely so she's carrying around this breckless the entire film until she doesn't because you know tina Tina goes back and forth for me. I actually have a tattoo of Tina Belcher. Uh, she was a flash tattoo on a Friday the 13th, and I couldn't say no. I, I had got to Bart have her. Simpson. Because, you know, every day she reminds me that I'm no hero. I put my bra on one boob at a time, just like everybody else. Uh, she goes through these moments where she's so profound and she's so mature for her age and she's so independent. Followed by these moments of just utter negativity, and uh, but you know, in a in a cute way, you know, it's not like you know, in there, there's an a, existential teenage yes, yes, way. yes, like you know, uh, and she's so boy crazy, so boy crazy, uh, but she kind of finds a sense of self in this. And she stands on her own two feet just a little bit more. And she stands just a little bit higher in this, you know, a little bit taller in this, uh, in the, you know, towards the end of the film. And she does get a nice happy ending. But, you know, she's kind of your typical teenage girl in the sense that she's still finding herself. She wants to fit in, uh, she has no clue what she's doing, but yet she has these moments where she is wise beyond her years, and she shares that wisdom typically with her two younger siblings. Yes, um, and even you know you, you talk about Tina and Louise having their like moments of existential dread, and you know they're they really sort of hide it from each other like they don't really talk about it much because usually they like they they have a very specific hierarchy when it comes to uh it's almost like a rolling hierarchy the three of them depending on what the situation is who is the alpha at any given moment it's never gene 
Gene's been the alpha a couple of times. Eh. Very rarely, but a couple of times he has. And even in this one, Gene goes through a, 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 a crisis of confidence. You know, because Gene is always 100% confident in his music. And, you know, he's always looking for new sounds. And we see, even in their fantasies, because all three of the kids have very rich imaginations, rich inner lives. Uh, Tina's the only one who takes the time to write them down. But they all have very rich inner monologues and, and imaginations and the way they play scenarios out. And all three of them are having these deep deep crises and it's kind of affecting everything else that's going on but they're not sharing it with their siblings or their parents until things well, are... there's there's a culmination there's this one scene where everyone kind of airs their dirty laundry so to speak and that's kind of where we see a shift in some of these characters you know them uh being just f- fully transparent and completely honest with each other linda who is always positive uh bob's number one fan uh cheerleader to everyone uh you know you want a linda in your life you're um, my linda <laughs> all right <laughs> you like wine and turtles Can and baloney <laughs> Uh, can I borrow some wine? Wine helps me drink. Yep. Um, she has a moment where she she's not, and she's negative, and uh, she just kind of feels hopeless in that moment. And Bob looks at her and he's like, "You can't, you can't be like that. That's my job to be like that. You can't be like that." You're the positive one. You're the one that pulls everybody out of their ruts. Yeah. You know. And then Bob offers to. Um, <laughs> get divorced yeah offer to divorce her <laughs> but it's it's a lot funnier than it's in context this, yeah, it's the, really funny say, the situation well, you know, is and in bob uh bob to me i think the best way to describe him is kind of a hopeless romantic when it comes to the restaurant and we see him i mean he could be really negative sometimes and he can allow himself to uh kind of fall down this pit of despair and you know linda's the one to really pull him out of it and help him believe in himself it's you know but at the same time like it's he's also a big dreamer a big dreamer so you know he's put in this situation where he's really having to face reality with versus his dreams you know, and and try to uh, realize is answer the question: Is it worth it? Can I do this? Is this feasible? I mean, he doesn't know anything else. Like even as a kid, like growing up in Big Bob's <laughs> Diner, but his thing has always been: I want to take my experiences as uh, a young young kid. And make things my own. Go my own. Like, I'm still following in my dad's footsteps, but I'm going my own way. I'm making my own way. I'm, you know. You're my family, and I love you, but you're my all own trail. terrible. Yes. 
Uh, I would fire all of you if I could. But yeah, he, you know, he's uh, he has a bit of a crisis, you know, as we talked about. But but speaking of of changing, like there's that moment where Linda's being negative, and he becomes the positive one. Well, they're always whatever situation happens to arise, like they, you know, when it's a, a desperate situation. They always complement each other, and they are always the yin to the other's yang, even when Linda's being a complete jerk. Linda is never a jerk, and this is an argument that we are going to take to our graves because we, we literally argue this like at least once a week. Well, remember the espresso machine? Gene's baseball? Well, they should have put Gene through baseball versus getting an espresso machine. Nope, they shouldn't because Gene didn't want to play baseball. You're forcing that upon him. He didn't want to play baseball. He wanted to... You should have bought him a nicer keyboard. That was, That's what would have made him happy. Well, you know what? They needed to sell the espresso, espresso machine because teen, Tina became addicted to coffee. Yeah, and she was working a lot harder. Did you see how much energy she had? She was able to keep up with Jimmy Jr. She was Jr. like two seconds bike. away from a freaking heart attack because of all the caffeine that she was consuming. Listen, she also strengthened her digestive system. And clearly, system. it stunted her growth. She has not grown any taller. None of them have. Not even Bob. But her especially. Yeah, well, she doesn't need to. She's hit her peak at 13. It's all downhill <laughs> from there. <laughs> she peaked in middle school. Tina is... We've already had this conversation. Tina grows up to be Dracmorda. So... <laughs> That's just how it is. Uh, 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 I can't do a good Tina. Uh, I, I didn't uh, know what you were doing. Uh, but we do get to see where Tina gets that from. Yeah, we get to see... Uh, Bob having a complete anxiety-ridden breakdown. Yeah, where when Tina just goes, uh, like, we get to see Bob doing that. Like, that's another, <laughs> like, little thing. It's like, oh! Happy face! <laughs> Fishy face, kissy face, kissy face. <laughs> so yeah, there's uh, there's some there's some great stuff in this movie. If you like the show, you're going to love the movie. You know which characters little what's it called when they come up and show like a little blurb or something? What in what context? Like when you see a character and it's like oh cameo. Yes, cameo. You know what character cameo I loved. A lot. And you only see this character for like a split. Okay, well, I did love that. But you only see this character for like maybe a couple of seconds. It's at the end credits. They're dancing. But it's just so perfect. Marshmallow. I was going to say, Marshmallow is one of the ones because there's that. Oh, hey, Marshmallow. Like every time, no matter what is going on, whenever Bob sees Marshmallow. Oh, hey, Marshmallow. Like no matter what, he says it the exact same way every single time. So, yeah, but we got sidetracked when we were talking about characters we didn't get to see. Because I like Marshmallow. Marshmallow's a great character. Blush. Yeah. <laughs> Marshmallow's not handsome. She's beautiful. <laughs> like, um, that was the I get a sidekick out of you. So this is probably a good spot to uh, wrap this up so we can... Uh, but it's made me this this film, watching this film, and you know when it's streaming, I'm going to watch it at least, no lie, at least another 10 times before Especially the next season streaming. comes out. Well, that's what I said. You know when it's streaming, 
I'm going to watch it at least 10 more times before the, before the new season comes. Um, I'm really interested to see how they pull this film into the next season and to see, you know, because like we said, these characters technically don't age, but we have seen some growth between the first season and, you know, this film. And we saw a lot of growth in this film as well. So I'm curious to see if we're going to continue to see that kind of growth and how it's going to bleed into this upcoming season that I'm so excited about. It's going to be awesome. So we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to wrap things up. So we'll be right back. Greetings! We are the Retro Reductopus Cephala Podcast, the bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. He's right. We wax philosophic about lots of geeky crap like old video games and movies, toys, cartoons, I don't know, help me out here. Music. Pants. Quoting video games that don't have dialogues. Shabibans. Tasty news. Unnecessarily long Japanese onomatopoeia. Butt breathers. Uncomfortable nature facts. Or how to install a samoplange. And unlike all those other podcasts, we at Retro Octopus have an exciting rotating host schedule. Do we? We sure do. So, if you didn't like the guy flapping his gums this week, like me, worry not, gentle listener. Next week, we'll have a whole new host. Of problems. Hey, they might still suck, but they'll suck differently. And you know what's really cool? Retro Octopus is part of the Dorkening and Inebriar Podcast Networks with new episodes every Tentacle Tuesday. Which is like every other Tuesday. We named it. Anyways, you can listen to us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or any podcast player cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all things that make growing up awesome. doing that big guy i don't know i mean i held it together in front of the kids during dinner but i'm really worried oh yeah i couldn't tell oh, it's just our landlord's gonna go to prison the bank's gonna call in our loan and then they'll take our restaurant stuff and we will live in a box down the street this is what's gonna happen no bob i need you the kids need you what do you mean you and the kids need me to not go out of business no going out of business down there is not as bad as going out of business in there my soft back no you're hard look I know you're Droopy Bob right now, but you know who else is in there? Dreamy Bob, the guy who wanted to open a restaurant in the first place. Slap his name on it. Make cuckoo crazy burgers with wild ingredients. A new one every day. I did not say cuckoo crazy burgers. I would not say that. You know what I mean. Super funky burgers? Well, no matter what I said, I think that maybe Dreamy Bob is dumb and Droopy Bob just kind of sees things the way they are. You know what you got to do to Droopy Bob? Um, what? You got to punch him in the nuts like this. Ow! Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. But you know what I'm saying? It's like a like this Ow! stop it's not a metaphor if you actually do it and we are back that of course being a, a clip uh linda's motivational speech to bob complete with uh punching the nuts that twice. is very motivational yeah it's motivating you to not want to do anything while you go ah my nuts uh ask bob fossil so uh we hope you enjoyed that uh that uh, discussion of the Bob's Burgers movie and the characters therein, and I definitely think we need to do a uh, a uh, Calvin Fish Odor centric episode. But uh, we also need to do some Stranger Things before. I don't think we're gonna have time. That would be like next week because yes. that comes out in July. Yes. Yeah, we're not gonna have time. To yeah, do that. J- July is in two days. <clears throat> it's this weekend that it drops. No, July is in next week. Today's the 22nd. 
July is next week. Oh. Yes. So there's time. Yes. Potentially we could do one. But it would uh I think we I think we might we'll find out. We'll we'll, we'll let you know. We're gonna after these messages. We're gonna we'll be re right back. the energy motron and let you know what's going on. I've been in a lot of commercials today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, Come uh, meet our family and let us meet you. But uh, after a long, long absence, we are back to you, not just with battle results, but we also have science and wine to discuss Science today. and wine. I have been drinking a lot, period. Um, <laughs> no, I have been trying a lot of new stuff, and I'm going to talk about some of it today, and I'm really excited. But first, we have battle results, because last week... On the heels of a very um, exciting episode, we threw down, is it cold in here or is it just my bat suit? The battle of the nipple-clad caped crusaders of the Schumacher era. Which actor has the most charismatic Bruce, or which, which actor was the most charismatic Bruce Wayne and the best Bat in Black during the arguably least love era of the Batman cinematic universe? You could choose from Val Kilmer from Batman Forever that came out in 95 or George Clooney from Batman and Robin, which came out in 97. And uh, overwhelming... Uh, turn of events, most of you voted for Val Kilmer. Not surprising. I also voted for Val Kilmer. I thought he was over just... <sighs> we yeah. did get some yep. uh, interesting comments. We, yes, we did get some comments. So our buddy Coop said Val was a really good Bruce Wayne. I think Forever aged better than Returns, and I like it more than the second Burton Batman film, Wow, those are fighting words Coop's right there. Wrong on that one. Um, hey, to each their own. Our buddy Trey from Geektopia said, I would put Kilmer in my top three live action portrayals of Batman. He nailed the role. Sadly, the ridiculous suit, subpar writing, and questionable direction of the film easily overshadow his performance. You know what? I, I agree with you. I think that there was a, a again, in our discussion, you know, I, I keep we saying. We talked about the difference There's in the suit. so much potential there. They had so much potential. And uh, it's just, it just flopped. And uh, our buddy Isaac, Sir Isaac, uh, the evil villain that he is, said Batman Forever came out in 95 and Batman and Robin came out in 97. At the same time, Batman the Animated Series ended in 95 while the new Batman Adventures started in 97. Therefore, if we consider the Schumacher era to be from 1995 to 1997, the only clear answer is Kevin Conroy. Thank you and good night. Mic drop. Um... I, I mean, think, sure, uh, but like that kind of if, if you finding a loophole like that, so, I'll, I'll back uh, I that. mean, I'm going to I'll allow it. I'll allow it. But what we're talking about is strictly cinematic mm -hmm. universe and uh, not the animated universe. Obviously, right, but you did say the Schumacher era and given. No, that I mean, I'm I'm going to accept this. I'm not going to I'm not saying anything negative. I think it's fantastic that he put in the, the, the work. You know, that's what I like to see. But, you know, uh, coming from the actual stipulations, though, well, I mean, like if we're talking 
the animated portrayals of Batman, you know, multiple people, multiple actors, voice actors have voiced Batman. But not during that specific No, time. but what I'm saying, uh, what I'm going to say is that Kevin Conroy trumps them all. Yeah, he's better than Diedrich Bader. He's better than... Uh, like, he's Troy hands Baker. down the best voice actor. Just like, you know, Mark Hamill is the best Joker. Is the best Joker. And the pairing of the two, when you have Kevin Conroy as Batman and Mark Hamill's Joker, it's just, it's so good. So good. Um, and what's fantastic, too, is that, you know, being a voice actor, you don't really need to rely much on physical capabilities aside from, you know, actually having the stamina to sit in a studio and record for hours on end. So hypothetically speaking, as long as these two voice actors have the ability to speak and have the ability to do the voice we should be getting so many more things from this. Yeah, but they've also like they've they've moved on. Like a lot of different actors have come in to do the Joker, including John DiMaggio. Uh, a lot of people have come in afterwards. I mean, I get it. I I understand. You know, I I get it. You know, you've done something for so long, you kind of want to put it to bed. They did come back out and do the Killing Joke. They came yes, back for that. Yes, which was good. It was a movie. Aside that from Paris, France, certain scenes that were completely unnecessary. Yeah, well, that's for another time. Uh, we will discuss that at a different time. But you have uh, wine you want to talk I about. I do have some wine. So, like I said, I have been uh, drinking a lot of new things and trying some new stuff, and I've had some some interesting things. I've had some subpar libations but i've also had some really fantastic stuff uh including down east the cidery that we've featured on this show numerous times and we did actually mention this last episode came out with a new drink so they don't just do ciders they do lemonades they do teas they do other uh fruity soda like drinks and they came out with one called blue slushy and uh, if you have the opportunity, look it up, see if they may have it in your stores locally. True, honestly, like it tastes like when you were a child and you would get a snow cone, you know, like a, the, the blue and the red and the white snow cones. And they all had like the different berry flavors, but that blue raspberry flavor just overpowered everything and you would get down, so you would eat it, and you would nom on the ice, and you would get down to like that last little bit of liquid in the snow cone. And most of it, by that point, it's, it's usually either like a purple or a bright blue color. That's what it tastes like. It tastes like that last little bit of a snow cone that's just all that sugary, syrupy, sweet berry goodness that you just could not get enough of. Um, but it, it, it tastes just like that, but slightly more palatable for an adult, like not as sweet as that corn syrupy goop at the bottom. Uh, but it's so good. Down East Cider. I just say, I should stop calling it Down East Cider because it's not a cider. Down East also recently put out vodka sodas in a can. And uh, it's super simple. And that's what it is. 
vodka soda in a can, different flavors. A multi-pack has uh, black cherry, grapefruit, lemon, and lime. Um, so good. So good. Not overly sweet. It's like a combination of vodka and soda water with a little bit of flavor. And it's not overpowering. You do taste the vodka. It's it's nice. It's a nice summer drink, especially if you want something quick in a can. You know, you just chill it, pop it open, and you're good to go. I've also had a few different types of new wines, and one we're going to be featuring today. There's one that I'm dying to feature. And uh, that wine is actually really bougie, come to find out. And I'm currently on a potential six-month waiting list to become a member to then be able to have the option to purchase this wine. Yeah, it was a wine that was gifted to me. Um, so uh, hopefully we can talk about this wine in six months when I can actually finally order it. But yeah, so that's a that's a very bougie wine. So we're not going to talk about that one today. But we are going to talk about one that is definitely more accessible. Uh, it's summer. And in summer, we like to keep things light. We eat lighter foods. We wear little to next to nothing, you know, clothing, lighter clothing. Uh, we like our drinks to kind of mirror that as well. So we're kind of getting away from the, the big, bold, dry reds of the fall and the winter. You know, we uh, went more towards the lighter, springier rosés of the summer. And now we're in the nice, bright <clears throat> whites of the summer, you know, of the, of the summer. And I tried this one wine and you had it too and you liked it. It's by a vineyard called Caramello. <coughs> and it is a grapefruit Moscato. Now it's definitely a Moscato, definitely has the traits of a Moscato. It's slightly sparkling, but not overpowering. Super, super, super light on the palate. Now you may be a little bit turned off by the grapefruit flavor. Uh, I was at first, grapefruit is, uh, I have a love-hate relationship with grapefruit. Sometimes the flavor can be a little bit too much, a little too bitter, a little too tart, and sometimes it can be just right. Uh, in this case, it's just right. So the um, details, the flavor profile, it says bursting with grapefruit plus hints of tangerine and the tropics. Sip it straight or mix up in a cocktail. Um, it is so I, I I can't even it is so light and so refreshing and so bright on the palate and you definitely get that nice punch that kick of grapefruit but you don't have all of that bitterness you don't have all of that acidity that you expect with a grapefruit flavor it's really nice and I think the fact that it's a Moscato the fact that you have all of those nice citrus notes kind of rounding it out making it sweeter um, definitely kind of, you still have a little bit of that bitterness, a little bit of that tartness that, you know, you, you, you know, from a grapefruit, uh, flavor, but it's not hitting you over the head. It's not overpowering to the point where we paired it with sushi and it paired beautifully 
with fish. Uh, lighter dishes, this is going to be fantastic. Um, obviously, you know, light summer salads, fish, uh, chicken, anything from the grill, vegetables, uh, fruit salads, what have you. It's going to be perfect. So it's Cara Mello, and it is their grapefruit Moscato. It is so it's almost like a a pre-made sangria, so to speak. It is it is nice and bright and obviously you serve it chilled. Perfect for a super sunny day. Uh, yeah, I liked the grapefruit a well, lot. You, but, I, I mean, say, I'm yeah, a big you grapefruit like fan. So. Grapefruit flavored stuff, but it was something that you know you enjoyed. You liking grapefruit, liking grapefruit juice and mm -hmm. whatnot. You really enjoyed it. Myself, not necessarily loving the tartness and bitterness on my on my palate. Um, don't always love the grapefruit flavor. Uh, found it really refreshing. Yeah. So. For my science fact today, I want to share something that our uh, our dear friend Colleen posted earlier from uh, the Unexplained Mysteries page on Facebook. Uh, scientists in Tennessee working at the Oak Ridge National Laboratory in eastern Tennessee have announced that they're trying to figure out whether or not parallel universes exist. They revealed that they're trying to open a portal into another dimension, with lead physicist Leah Broussard announcing that they will conduct a series of experiments by firing a beam of neutrons through a 50-foot tunnel. I don't know if that's a good idea. I mean, we do have lots of movies and a current hit TV show uh, all about tearing into other dimensions and how that works out for everyone involved uh, generally poorly. But the other thing I want to point out, uh, if Oak Ridge, Tennessee sounds familiar to you, it should. Oak Ridge, Tennessee is the birthplace of the atomic bomb. Just throwing it out there. Ah, oh, that sounds like a blast. Yeah, quite literally. So I'm sure that will bode well for the future. So that's what we have this week. Uh, we may or may not end up doing Stranger Things next week. We're going to see what we can do if we can get it out before uh, before the series. Like, if we can get it done this weekend. I think if we can get it done this well, weekend. Well, maybe, maybe we contact some people. Yeah, well, I know there's some folks. Recruit some friends. <clears throat> but we do have a 300th episode coming up in about a month and a half. So I want to do something for that as well. We just had our sixth anniversary, which, you know, we, we had a choice of do we do the sixth anniversary or do we do the 300th episode? Well, technically, we celebrated our sixth birthday last year, didn't we, Patsy? We did, because I'm math good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Listen, I, it wasn't like Lightyear. I didn't have a team of NASA mathematicians helping me out, figuring out what year it was. So uh, we're going to do something for our 300th episode. We're not sure what yet or who's going to be involved, but uh, we're, we're working on that. Uh, so next Just week. Just like Oakwood. Oak Ridge. Oak Ridge. Tennessee. Pennsylvania. Tennessee. Tennessee. Wow, you are. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. <laughs> So on that note, we will <gasps> see, see you, you next, next Thursday. Thursday.